0: Tenacious DZs? It is a tenacious DZs. Okay. Uh, tenacious D's nuts <laughs> are collectively very sweaty. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 239 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games. How you, How you going, gentle guys? <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, Kevin, I'm you don't
2: going going nice. You don't re- uh, really elongate your name anymore. What it happened, depends. Yeah? It,
3: it depends on the feeling. I I, I feel like uh, we have matured into a professional
2: environment. Can I can I go at the end again? <laughs> I really missed that. <laughs> Do you? Not a little bit. I don't really miss it.
0: He didn't really elongate his name. It was more like that. I'm
2: Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> and I'm Kevin. Kevin. is <laughs> what's new? I, just, I, uh, I spent a weekend in Portland. That was pretty cool. Portland, I saw, I saw Portland some Maine. Portland, Maine, yeah. The land of ports. Hmm. And port. Uh, Portland, uh, Oregon, which, am I wrong? Doesn't have any ports. No, it's a port city. I didn't see any ports. It's on a river, right? Like okay. It's- it it
3: was uh, it was actually very um important in world war 2 for for like uh, okay. naval construction because it was so far inland oh it was a relatively safe from Yeah a i was sea expecting it to be
2: on the coast
3: yeah it is not on the coast so does it coast. just have a
0: really deep river leading into it that you yeah. can get battleships out
3: I don't know if you can i don't know I don't know how the the size of the ships you can get out, but you can get like large enough ships that they built a bunch of stuff there, like your old ironside <laughs> right
0: your um Potemkins sure <laughs> is battleship Potemkin an anime <laughs> oh, it should be there was
1: on like one of those really old um liquid television on uh, MTV they did a clip of battleship potemkin like they took the audio and then somebody drew like stick figure art version of the video for that audio clip and played it together so it was kind of weird
0: but, but that's a phrase. I didn't just make up the phrase Battleship Potemkin. No,
1: it's a real movie. It's a classic black and white movie.
2: I, I it bet might be a
1: silent movie, but I'm not
2: sure. I bet there's it. an anime remake no, of course it where the battleship is a Moe singing. anime girl.
0: <laughs> that's that's possibly true.
1: I mean, <laughs> so they
2: took the audio from a silent movie yeah, they and took, replaced yeah, the visuals with terrible
1: visuals. It just, had, it just visuals. had the organ playing. This is really avant garde um I mean there is there is the anime where all the characters are anime girl representations of the different countries in World War 1. Right. So that's 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 almost
3: that because I think Battleship didn't, Potemkin is a World War 1 story. Didn't some of the countries get dissolved after the end of World War 1? And, and they, they dissolved, dissolved the, the anime girls. girls. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's good. <laughs> huh? I-
0: Oh, so your contention is they dissolve them from the bottom up <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, i don't know uh, which end of a girl speaks
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know a lot about women
2: yeah me either that's that's why i'm on this podcast yeah i was
3: gonna say this podcast is lacking in a lot of kinds of diversity you guys i got a cat you got a cat the last podcast What's yeah. the cat's name? The
0: cat's name is Phineas, and he's a, a black cat that's a year old, and is uh, he yowls a lot?
3: Uh, Do God. you call him Phineas Furball?
0: Yowls a lot. Uh, I I joked that I was going to say uh, we call him Finn. We named him after the Black Star War because he's a <laughs> black cat, but that's not actually what happened. Okay, um, yeah, he's a pretty cool cat. Got him from the got him from the. Uh, so there's two SPCA offices in San Francisco. One of them absolutely surrounded by homeless people living in tents and the environments that the cats live in are like insanely luxurious and elaborate and cl- wow. like one of the cat enclosures is like a little reconstruction in miniature of the Golden Gate Bridge that <laughs> the cats can run around on. It is like the most it's, like, uh,
2: wow, just a, a, I can't remember a luxury which... that cats would not give a shit about. Yes,
0: Absolutely. And I can't remember whether I say opulent and people make fun of me for not saying opulent, or if I say opulent and people make fun of me for not saying opulent. I
2: don't remember I, how I, that word is I pronounced. I feel like I, opulent I, is correct. I, yeah, I say opulent, but I have no idea if it's correct.
0: Okay. I think it's opulent, and when I say opulent, I am made fun of. Anyway. As
2: well, you should be. Sure.
0: No, no, no. They're, they're You know... I don't remember where this came from, but I've seen it passed around as, like, a gif. Like, you shouldn't make fun of people for mispronouncing words because it means they learn the word by reading. Or they can't distinguish between
3: different sounds. (laughs) Yeah, or they can't distinguish. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, I don't make fun of you for that. I just think it's fascinating. I probably used to make fun of you for that. Back before I moved to Northern California once and didn't leave before it made me soft.
1: I guess it, that implies that it's okay to make fun of
0: people for spelling things wrong. Oh yeah,
3: wait, boy! But, yeah, wait, why is that true? Like you learned a word from talking and never saw it written yeah, down. Fuck that! That's a stupid way to learn words
0: for babies.
3: <laughs> That's literally <laughs> It is how they learn words. You're right. <laughs> you realize that for most of human history, we had words but no writing, right? <laughs> yeah, and we up, were all baby. really dumb.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably okay to make fun of all those people. Okay. They thought the moon was, like, Jeez. Jesus. <laughs> so I've been... They spelled uh, it with an I, though. Not sleeping a lot because of meowing cats.
3: Do you have to get up every couple of hours to feed it?
0: No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's not really good practice for having a baby in that regard, if that's where you're going. I, at that. I mean,
3: I, I just... I, yeah, I don't know. Ferdinand, like, will, when he's in a in a mood will bother Melissa a lot at night, but has just never bugged me. Even when it's just like when she's out of town on a business trip, like he, he's just a a perfect gentleman. Mm. (laughs) That's kind kind of what her head and stuff. That's
1: kind of what stopped me from getting a cat cat is because I live in a single room. And so while I would love to have a cat, there's no way to escape from it. If it turns out to be the sort of cat that howls all the time or, well, you can kill it. That's legal. (laughs)
0: You can that's give it away.
3: a very good option. Uh, you could build a cage and give a little tiny kitty muzzle.
0: You could well, put it outside and never let it back in. <laughs> like, that's the classic way of handling a shitty cat. That's but what, it's it's, it's called cool like an
3: outdoor cat. The tried and true
0: method. I think, what, yeah, I think my solution is,
1: is to replace the cat with two smaller cats that go in a cage, by which I mean guinea pigs.
0: Oh, okay, do you have mm. guinea pigs?
1: Not yet, but it's, it's an eventual oh, plan.
0: I like it. I like a guinea pig. I like a hamster. Also, I like a cat, and I would never do any of those things that I just said to a cat. I I mean, I had a cat for 15 years that was a real shitty cat that was a big pain in the ass. I loved her because, you know, it's like if you have a kid. You don't get to control whether your kid is like a shithead or not. And if your kid (laughs) is a shithead, you still got to take care of him or I mean, if
1: a kid is a shithead, that's probably your fault somewhere down the line.
0: I don't know, man. I think sometimes, like, good good parenting still results in shithead kids. Maybe I just got to see the
3: good sides of Ada, but, like, Ada was always super sweet to me. Ada was a coin flip to me.
0: (laughs) She'd been around for a few years before you met her, and so she had calmed down a lot. But she just, like, really drew a lot of blood. From a lot of people. Sure. Like she was she's just like a like a really tightly wound spring that if you didn't approach her in the exact right way, which became second nature to me, but other people were like, oh, I'm gonna just play with this cat like it's a fucking cat. Yeah. And like, man, was she not having that? <laughs> um So yeah, I would never I would never I would never take a cat back. I would never put a cat outside, I would never kill a cat just for being shitty. I would just be like, well, this is my life now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Huh. I I have this vision of you building extremely elaborate like hamster maze. Uh, wouldn't that be amazing?
1: a possibility. The what I've been looking at from uh online is that the the most like guinea pig fan recognized setup for a guinea pig cage now is to build your own out of those like those like square wire shelf frames that clip together. So you can make one of basically any size and orientation and platforms and shit. And because I, was a, I have like, on. I don't have a lot of floor space, but I've got all the vertical space I could want. <laughs> so yeah. I could potentially have a guinea pig skyscraper in here.
2: I was in a pet store where they were, they had a bunch of rats in cages and the rats all had hammocks. Huh
3: were the rats At, actually hanging out? Every
2: rooms? one of the rats was in a hammock.
3: That's great. Was it drinking like a little tiny like pina colada or
2: whatever? <laughs> I couldn't see them. Okay. Was, there, was there a
0: rat Jimmy Buffett like? <laughs> it was the sort of overlord? Of I, all a, of this? Apparently, rats Jimmy just Buffet love
2: hammocks. I don't know how guinea pigs hammock. feel about them. So, Riff, I have a vision of a guinea pig that howls all night <laughs> and keeps you awake.
1: <laughs> oh my god! You should god. make sure guinea
2: pigs don't make noises.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I do kind of feel like whereas you like. Humans, and maybe especially like dorky humans, really like the idea of like a crazy elaborate cat tree with all sorts of interesting places for the cat to go and interesting ways to get from one place to another, like your sort of Zelda dungeon for your cat. (laughs) And cats, like, don't give a fuck about that stuff at all, by and large. A hamster will eat that shit up. Like, you can provide an arbitrarily complicated series of physical challenges and secret passages (laughs) and shit for a hamster, and all it will do all day is just fuck around in this cool dungeon that you've made and
2: just love it. Solve Zelda puzzles. Yeah. Water dungeons. (laughs) Yeah. If it doesn't drown because of the iron boots. But they also live, like, a month,
0: and I don't think they really care about you.
2: (laughs) Cats. So cats like clawing on rugs. Yeah, especially vertical ones. And cats like being up high. Yeah, yeah. And cats like being in caves. Yeah, c- cats mm-hmm.
1: like containers. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I feel like a cat tree actually is a pretty like good combination of all three of these things.
1: I feel they don't care about like the format of it though i bet
2: oh yeah yeah so
1: i mean a cat uh, you it give could a cat just be a cardboard cave on a box stick and, and there a you shelf, go then yeah they're fine
0: does ferdinand ever go inside the like cave thing on the bottom of your cat tree your big elaborate cat tree that your friend gave you because their cat didn't give a fuck about it <laughs> uh very rarely
3: <laughs> yeah he he basically picks a spot to hang out and stays there like that's where he will return to for a week and then he'll pick a different spot this this week it's the top of that that cat tree Um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand how cats decide where they're going to hang out all day.
0: There's probably some weird math inside their brain. Like there's, there's like a schedule that they're on where every like 40 minutes they want to like patrol the perimeter of their territory or whatever. Right. Sure. Which is why it always seems like a cat wants to go in and out of a door. Like as often as you
3: are aware of it. Yeah.
0: Um, Cats are good. Cats are the right kind of pet. Cause if you're leaving town for a couple days, like yeah. you sleep some extra food out and you're fine. Like
3: I feel like if I was on a farm, like yeah. a cat and a dog would be good. Cause they have different sort of functions. Oh man. I, I haven't talked about this. Uh, so there is a construction project that's maybe a block from uh, where I live. And when they were doing a bunch of the like uh heavy machinery part of it, you know, like with the uh, backhoes and stuff, um, One of the construction workers had a dog and it was like, I think it's like a, a collie or whatever, or like, you know, like some sort of shepherding dog and it would come and it would just like be constantly trying to like shepherd the machines around in the yard. I sat and watched it for like half an hour and it was just like, like running and trying to like herd the, herd the machines into the right spot. It was, it was cool. Like, like a dog should not be on a construction site, but this dog was totally like just trying to direct traffic like a, like a foreman. It was nice. <clears throat> farm cats are a different kind of thing, well, but they're for like keeping the rodent population down and stuff, right? Like-
0: yeah, but they're also just sort of allowed to breed indiscriminately and just die off according to the food supply and being killed by coyotes and stuff. Like it's
3: it, like it, growing up
0: on a farm gives you a weird relationship with cats.
2: Are you talking about just having cats, like a herd of cats around? That's sort of how it link? works. Like, yeah, they're yeah. like because but don't they- you
3: also have to have like a different relationship with like. animals yeah yeah Yeah, goats and pigs but
2: i presume like you keep track of the beef and you keep them alive
0: yeah that's the thing you do have to have a different relationship with food animals and like livestock but people aren't grossed out by that relationship in my experience when you get to civilization they're like oh yeah like you've actually thought about this Mm -hmm. so it's like okay that's more than a lot of people can say but like when it's like well cats are a thing that like you know they'll just like put in a bag and drown when there's too many of them oh. like that's super fucked up like okay what if they ate them afterwards would that make it better because mm-hmm. it does for
3: cows I guess like it, yeah. and so it's so the whole it's, like bag of cats in the river kind of thing is something that actually happens yeah oh, huh.
2: yeah I was freaked out when April just nonchalantly killed a snail Cause doesn't like- she
3: work for the park service or whatever I, yes <laughs>
2: Yeah no and like to that her part of our snail mandate? is a, it's pest. Like a
3: pest right it's yeah. a pest I mean, and okay and
2: to me like like one snail is cute you it's know? like a
3: cartoon character but a
2: snail infest yeah exactly a snail infestation is horrifying and needs to be dealt with okay and so like that's her perspective on it.
3: Uh, there was some s- wasn't there a section of I guess it wasn't Yellowstone there was some section of some park that had closed because of banana slugs. <laughs> Oh,
2: no. And I, I'm trying to remember where that was. I saw a photo of a banana slug that looked enormous. Uh-huh. And it was sitting on a human hand. And so, like, you'd think I would use that as uh, for scale. <laughs> but you just thought the hand was really I big. thought of the hand as being even, like, because the slug is clearly, like, a foot long. This <laughs> hand has got to be, like, two feet right around. It's so yeah. it's
0: like one of those banana slug for scale. Right. <laughs> like, I remember the first time I ever saw one of those, like, I had gone to a wedding in the early 2000s in San Jose at this vineyard, and I, like, walked down some weird, like, set of stone steps, like, into some part of the forest as part of this vineyard, and there was just, like, I I was like, what the fuck is this giant, gross, slimy—it's a banana slug. It was just, like, chilling out on the steps, but it was, like, the biggest— animal of that category that i had ever seen right like, they're, they're weird they're if weird and gross yeah. <laughs> and
3: really big monsters Ugh. i would not want to find one in a banana just
2: just, you
1: know, <laughs> just pull down that peel and the inside is just a banana <laughs> slug in there <laughs> like, i, hey, what I you know
0: a, what if it was a talking yeah if it was a talking banana slug i feel like i'd welcome that oh you might get a
3: wish Probably <laughs> not a very good one, but
2: I'm going to grant you one shitty wish.
3: Oh, yeah. Wow. What about like a, a genie who's really dumb and like you ask for something and like, oh, yeah, he, can, he really does his best to like fulfill it. Just yeah. he's, he's so
1: stupid. <laughs> yeah. so
0: the banana slug is like, I'm going to grant you one wish. I don't have any magic or anything, so it has to be something I can just do. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'd love to be sexually gratified by a banana (laughs) slug. All
0: right. I got you.
2: That's one thing.
0: Yeah, well, good. That's lucky that that was your wish. (laughs) Yeah. I guess. Um, Like, I could take someone something that didn't weigh very much if you weren't in that big of a hurry to get it there. (laughs) Uh. You know what we do not actually have is all that much listeners' mails.
3: Oh. Perhaps we should ask our listeners to provide us some yeah, mails. Yeah, come on
0: over to videogameshotdog.com and fill out that form and uh, submit some listeners' mails. I
3: was a little concerned that the Slack would actually reduce the the influx of mail because people have just sort of a more direct line to us. Yeah, they're just us. kind of talking
0: to us. Yeah, I wonder if we should uh, we could set up... A channel? If we did a channel that was like questions for listeners mail no discussion no one would actually obey that i mean you
1: could you could probably just pop the slack open now and ask whoever's in there if they have any questions
3: (laughs) that's also true
2: that's yeah that is true or you could do a search for question marks but i'm not going to (laughs)
0: uh writes Hey guys, you may have mentioned this before, but another good option for playing cryptic crosswords on the iPad is Puzzazz. It's basically an ebook store for puzzle books, but it has a great interface with all kinds of puzzles from cryptics and traditional crosswords to wordplay, and also some really good creators like Henry Hook and Harvey Estes. Every book they sell also includes at least two or three free sample puzzles, so there's a ton of free content already there. Also, in case Zach is planning on being in the Boston area in July, and who wouldn't want to be there in the muggy summertime, Tim Powers is one of the guests of honor at ReaderCon, one of our local conventions. Now, Tim Powers is way closer to me than Boston, like right now. Is he? <laughs> he lives he lives in the suburbs of LA. Oh, okay. He comes to San Francisco quite
3: a bit too for. How do you know all of these things about stuff. Tim Powers?
0: I Wikipedia'd him.
3: <laughs> oh. He
0: I think he comes to uh Borderlands books a lot. They have a lot of like signed first editions and stuff. Like the when I bought one of his books there, the guy behind the counter was really excited. And he's like, Yeah, 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 you know, he's He's going to be here next month. He was he
3: was featured prominently on their uh staff recommends bookshelf. Okay.
0: And why wouldn't he be? What staff wouldn't recommend him? You I thought did not have a particularly favorable impression of
3: Puzzazz. I have used it a couple of times for a couple of different things and find it kind of clunky. Like it's definitely not one of the like most polished apps, not that the mm-hmm. crypto crossword app that I've been playing is uh, but I find I actually kind of find it a little difficult to navigate and find what I want in there. Um, but that's probably just because the market is so small for these like sort of esoteric puzzles and stuff like that. But I get I like an email from them once a month or so when they have like new books and different kinds of, cause they've got all different kinds of puzzles that they support. Yeah.
1: They like, they did a version of Mike Selinker's uh, maze of games.
3: Right. Exactly. Which
1: is crazy elaborate.
0: I was really, really enjoying that until the second maze. Mm. Which, got- man is a maze? Not a fun thing to do. It just
2: a plain maze.
0: Well, there's more to it, right? There. So this was a maze with a bunch of like nodes that you could pass through, and your goal was to find the shortest. Uh, Hmm. path through it or something and it was like all right well i was having a lot of fun solving these puzzles until this just bullshit trial and error thing that i just refused to do so i just wandered away from it
2: can you just skip it and move move on to the next thing
0: there was some reason i felt like i couldn't and i don't know what that reason was i mean all the individual puzzles are just solvable individually and maybe i should just go back to it i
1: think the correct path through the maze had something to do with the meta puzzle or something
0: Mm. or like the order in which you were supposed to do the individual yeah, puzzles was, uh, the... but I don't know if that was actually important I shouldn't have left that book in Arizona hmm. I mean I probably have an e-copy in fact I definitely do because the way that I solved it was printing out all of the individual puzzles speaking of Mike Zellinger uh, the Pathfinder card game just came out on iPad oh, oh wow i yeah. have to look at
3: that and, uh, man, the Lone Shark Games has been doing stuff. Did did they have anything to do with the, uh, the expansion to Betrayal at House on the Hill? Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Okay. They are I felt like a, a bunch of people that I know were sort of peripherally involved in that.
0: Yeah. What does the expansion to Betrayal consist of? Is it's it of just more, be more, it's it's more scenarios. scenarios? I think it's another more floor.
3: More scenarios. As well. Yeah. There's stuff that can oh, happen wow, on the really? roof. Yeah. There's like roof wow. cards. That seems like it seems like a, a obvious thing to expand upon right
0: yeah god i have not played betrayal in so long and i would love to it is so so fun
2: yeah been, i like that game a lot
3: we've been playing uh pandemic legacy yeah. ah, we're like Three months in, or okay.
0: so yeah, four games. No, five, four games, four games. We four yep. games in three three months, so and we lost in, the first one. You're in
1: March. We just we, we just completed finished, March. We just finished okay. March. Oh, yeah. is that, is you're, that gonna like like you're gonna <laughs> like the next one? You're gonna like the next one.
0: Okay. Have you been playing it with a group riff?
1: No, I played it solo. I intended to stretch it out over a long time, and then just loved it so much. I would play like three games every night. <laughs> Mm. so uh, it does it
2: have uh, like a risk legacy style elements where you yeah Uh, it has history that's cool
0: yeah it has like basically this deck of cards that changes the rules and adds new things kinds of pieces and stuff and adds new characters that you can play and adds new rules and adds new actions that you can do i am cool it's making me really really excited about his next game rob davio's next game which i don't know the name of
3: it Uh, doesn't have a name no, it does. Yeah. It's the a- first.
0: The first step is that you name it. Oh. <laughs> what, what I what I have heard about it is that the board is just a blank expanse of ocean, and the, your first game is establishing like Building the very islands first islands, the very first moves that can be made, which is just like using using that like changing board and putting, is the name of it? putting stickers in the rule book kind of thing, using that as like a tutorial for a board game seems to me to just be like a no brainer for the kind of game that like, it, it's always this problem with board games, right? There are board games that are very, very tight. And when you're playing them very like sort of elemental, but you have to understand them before you understand the ways in which they're straightforward. Mm-hmm. And it is very difficult to communicate that using the rules of the board game often like a printed set of rules. And so there are games where it's like, well, if someone teaches you how to play this, you're going to be fine. If you just buy this and try to learn how to play it, it's going to be a disaster. And building, using these sort of like the board actually changes, the rules actually change. Like here, you'll play this first game where on every move, you only have one decision to make. And then at the end of that game will reveal, oh, now you have a third decision that you could have made at all of these points. And like,
2: I'm imagining it's like, if you played Arkham horror and first, your whole first game, you only did the, uh, focus phase. Oh, what do you call that? The, the first phase where you focus and untap your cards. Hmm. I don't remember.
0: Arkham horror is such a, <laughs> <laughs> It Seafall
1: apparently also has like a massive, uh, what was that? Oh, Arabian nights, it. uh, type book of, Oh, like just, just like a chooser, chooser yeah, adventure, Yeah. Paragraphs oh, of text. So like whenever an event happens, it'll, you end up, I don't, I don't know how it chooses. I guess you roll on a table or something, but then you, you go to that paragraph and see what it says. And then, but you're like crossing it out of the book after you've done it. So you never see that same one again.
0: Nice. I really want, like, I hadn't thought about this in a while, because it had been a couple of years since I played it, but the Idle Thumbs guys were talking about Arabian Nights again. That is a game that is, at its core, just this fun, chaotic, like, party game about funny stories that happen in the context of the 1001 Arabian Nights, hmm. right? And it is a game that is so fucking rules-heavy. yeah in the beginning of it that it is impossible to convince most of the people who would love it to ever play it and that is so frustrating to me because yep. that game does not need charts about how many spaces you can move along the ground versus along the sea it's Like, and I get how they wanted there to be some more mechanics for the narrative, some more narrative for the mechanics to play into, but like Man, is it just front loaded in the most like off-putting and intimidating way? I mean, it's also a game from like 1980, so y- you can't exactly blame them. And it's not like Greg Costigan did not go on to make a bunch of like just incredibly accessible. Oh, I so, like, didn't know that was one of his. Yeah, huh. it like it. I, there was this point in my life, I think it was. After I had already, like, started working on KOL, where I realized when I was, like, listing influences, when I was, like, thinking about the things that I had encountered that were important to me, like, a really large number of them had Greg Costacan's yeah. name on
1: them. He was uh, he was one of the original guys that did Paranoia, I think.
0: Paranoia? The West End uh, Star Wars RPG, yeah. which is the tabletop RPG that I played absolutely the most of in high school. Uh, Toon? hmm Hey, so, check this out. Toon was made largely by Greg Kostikian and Warren Spector, who went on to make Deus Ex <laughs> and, like, System Shock 2. Like, it, it's like why it's weird that, like, this Steve Jackson Games cartoon pen and paper role-playing game that was, like, basically just the dumbest parts of Paranoia, with the volume turned all the way up. Yeah. Like... Are you, are you looking something up? or? I,
3: I was just curious. I was just looking up the details. It, sa- it says that the designer was Eric Gibson.
0: I know Greg Costigan's name was on the box. I, okay. I don't know what he actually... He might have just done some of the writing for it, or... Have
2: you Tom ever played Arabian Nights? Tom Clancy's Arabian Nights? Arabian Nights. Uh, no, no I, I haven't.
3: Goldberg, sorry. Eric Goldberg. It's... I have a copy
0: of it, but I think it's in Arizona with my
2: copy of Maze of Games. <laughs> Why did I leave all that shit there? It sounds really rules-heavy. I don't know if I'm interested. Yeah, you'd be really put <laughs> off by it, in a yeah.
0: it. So basically the way that gameplay works is you move to a place, and then you like roll a couple dice on a couple of tables, and then the person to your left opens up this giant tome and reads you a little choose-your-own-adventure blurb, and then the person on your right tells you which chart to look at of a list of possible verbs. And you pick one of those verbs. And then the person, two people to your left consults a matrix and tells the guy with the book, which node your verb in their situation results in. And then that person looks up that section and tells you what happened. Like it is basically a giant collaborative choose your own adventure thing that is presented in the most cumbersome possible way.
2: Can you just give me the tome
0: and I can read it? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you probably just find it. I mean, somebody pointed out, I think, in a in a reader mail to idle thumbs that there is just an app, like an unlicensed mm-hmm. app that just handles all of that. Oh, yeah. For Arabian Nights. So it something that would have been trivial, I think, not trivial, something that would have been a completely reasonable design constraint is if every situation had the same number of verbs, so that you didn't have to have the overhead of selecting from the particular list of verbs. But it's like, well, you know, if you find a treasure chest, maybe attack it is not a thing. But, like, maybe you just rewrite the narrative so that that's, like, it's locked and you don't have the key. So you're trying to bash it open. Like, yeah. G- just yeah. genericize the verbs a little bit to just eliminate that weird bookkeeping
2: yeah, and then thing. and then just make an adventure game instead.
0: <laughs> well, it's. I I mean, it's a physical game, right? Fair, mean, fair enough. enough. Fair like, enough. It, it, sh- sure. As a vi- as a video game, like the, like the bookkeeping is the only thing that's not an issue. Yeah. Right. Sure.
2: Sure.
3: Yeah. So Eric Goldberg and Greg Costikin were um, co-workers for a long time. So I think they just co co made a bunch of games. When did Tales of the Arabian Nights come out? Eighty five.
0: Eighty five. Okay.
3: Which, like. It would just be such a different beast now, right? Like, having, having, like, this, like, all of the things that have come since and all the lessons. Just all of the lessons. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All of the lessons, many of which were taught by those guys in the intervening years, right? right? And,
3: like, Like, because, like, that that was, was, that was a heavy, like, war simulation era, right? So, like, I think they were trying to appeal to those kinds of people, but, like, Pull them back into like narrative stuff, because like yeah,
0: I mean, I guess there, you know, you had your like Monopoly, but you didn't have, like this was so far pre like Settlers of Catan bringing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this was, was like, like pre Hill this was like pre Euro exactly. game completely. Like board games were either your like thirteen thirteen dead end lane or Mouse Trap or whatever like novelty.
3: You well, know, thinking about just like how Sears, like,
0: Cat- how Sears Christmas catalog board games, like.
3: paranoia fit into the like pantheon of of role playing games, you know, like as a player, I didn't want to know the rules, hmm. right? Like, and that was and
1: so, yeah. Depending on who your GM was, they may not have let you know the rules, <laughs>
0: right? I, I only played it once, and I still remember it. Yeah. Like, it was with some guys that I didn't know very well, but were very good at doing what they were doing and there was so much just like all right now you and i are going to go into this room and i'm going to tell you what your character knows and i'm going to pass you this note like it was just like it was this amazing na- i don't remember actually anything that happened in the campaign it kind of <laughs> doesn't it matter, doesn't matter fundamentally right? like yeah. it's but it was just like that like that is just one of my fondest memories of like playing games with people in high school was this one night when a bunch of us were just like, spent the night at Brian's house and yep. played paranoia. It was-
3: yep. Cause it's it like, cause it could effectively just be like sort of random device of the week, monster of the week kind of situation in that game. And it yes. would still just be a ton of fun because it's so much of it is like the players kind of playing off each other. Cause you're mm-hmm. like jockeying for like, position and stuff and like
0: right and and the scenarios are designed to give people contradictory goals and and secret not like it's uh, yeah man it's it is the perfect pen and paper role-playing game for just one off but it requires a a real like skill in the game master that man do i not have i mean i feel like the only reason that we as a group have not done a lot of this is because none of us wants to dm
3: yeah <laughs> which is weird that we none of us are, are the ones making games for other people right i
0: mean play. all we want to do is create experiences for yeah, our yeah. players i mean i could but see like, us we just don't want to modules. do it for each other
1: we just don't want to be the guy running the module
0: yeah <laughs> right which i mean
3: that's that's a weird that is super weird
0: that must be a problem for other like would-be groups of <laughs> gamers like
3: i mean it's this might be a dumb analogy but it seems a lot like uh looking for tank or looking for healer right like everybody wants to be the dps dm
0: (laughs) right because the thing that is easier is also way more fun right which is playing instead of dming yeah but for the right person dming is more fun for the right person playing a healer is more fun sure so it's just that those people are few and far between.
2: I wonder how much of it is also that you're already doing that sort of thing as a day job. So you don't want to, it's, it's not mm. as interesting to do it for fun.
3: Yeah. Like, ah, oh man, just like, not like talking to my friends that are really good game masters about their campaigns, not being part of their campaign. So they can sort of tell me their plans for it is so great. Like they, like friends have like these long running, campaigns like one player so beamer is running like this star wars role-playing game and just like had, the new one the i don't know how new it is it like it's been running for a couple of years so i don't know yeah
0: the, there's one that's a few the, the, they they sort of relaunched a new star wars role-playing game fantasy flight demo, okay I believe, that is really streamlined
3: and so like he just had like all of these sort of like huge sort of you know plot elements that he wanted to happen. And he had a bunch of different ideas of ways that they they could eventually happen, like some sort of like apocalypse style kind of stuff. Uh, And just let the players sort of explore the world and do what they wanted and just, you know, moved towards the one that they sort of gravitated towards. Um, And like another friend has, has had like a, I don't know, a 10 or 15 year long werewolf campaign. And just, I don't know, like they're, their visions for what they're doing are so great. Um, and I just, whenever I was playing games, I never, I never role-playing pen and paper role-playing games. I never sort of had that. And I wonder where that drive comes from to like orchestrate that for a small group of, of players. Something
0: that was interesting to me, this was like a year and a half ago, maybe was shut up and sit down. Um, Quentin Smith's board games, sites podcast okay Um, uh just did an episode that was or a couple episodes that were just a session of the new star wars role-playing game and i want to say that lee alexander was play like she was visiting them
3: since i thought i thought they were dating oh yeah i thought that was okay well then that
0: that then that then if 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 he was dating her then it was definitely her okay uh as opposed to one of the like i couldn't I, like I think I conflate her on podcast stuff with Philip Owar, even though Philip Awar is British and mm. Philip Awar is on Creighton Crowbar now, which is oh, a great podcast. Anybody awesome. who likes video games hot dogs should listen to Creighton Crowbar. It's our friend Tom Francis and uh, his and his and his his fellow bath mates, <laughs> the, <laughs> the people who are there in the tub with him. Um, Rub a dub dub. But it's great. It's a it's a PC games uh, centered podcast and it's really good. Um, Speaking of video games, have you guys played any video games recently? Mm, I have
1: just been playing Dark Souls 3.
0: Yeah, how close are you to beating it?
1: Uh, I'm not sure how big it is. I guess I estimate that I'm about halfway. But I really have no way to tell.
0: Are you enjoying it? Does it have anything new to say relative to Dark Souls 2 or Dark Souls 1 or Bloodborne?
3: or?
1: Uh, I don't know new Kingsfield. to say. I am enjoying it, certainly. Um I think I prefer Bloodborne, but... Isn't
3: that you continue to be disappointed in it vis-a-vis Dark Souls 2?
1: Uh, a little bit. A little bit. But it, I mean... But that's not stuff that I end up thinking about while I'm playing it. That's all, like, afterthought stuff. Mm. While I'm actually playing it, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I just beat the shit out of that skeleton.
2: So, <laughs> A lot of skeletons, okay. I saw
3: a video today that not having played Dark Souls, uh, I can only assume, is really funny, uh, which is what it looks like when you're playing Dark Souls to people who've never played Dark Souls or whatever. And it's just clips from, from every movie they could find where, uh, where one of the main characters just sort of inexplicably rolls on the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess this, this is probably about fighting in, in this game yeah, or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a lot See, of. It's lore. weird. I, I never rolled when I was playing Dark Souls one. <laughs>
2: <coughs> you should have. It probably would have improved your experience. Oh
0: yeah, I mean I, I feel like I you. That's supposed to be what you do if you're wearing light armor, right? I feel like I was always in heavy armor and kind uh, of. So you were just, shielding, huh? I was blocking a lot. Yeah.
2: yeah. You want to block too? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's they're both important. Yeah.
3: Stop! Stop a block and roll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, don't stop. That's stopping okay. was your first mistake. Uh, okay. Dodge,
3: block,
1: and roll. Dodge, yeah. block, and roll.
2: What about you, Jim? I played uh, Mount Your Friends. Mount yeah. Your Friends. You guys familiar?
1: Yeah, I've heard of that.
2: Did I? Was it at Indiecade? Probably. Okay. Uh, it's a uh, turn-based multiplayer game where you are building a tower of dudes by using. GURP-ish or Octodad-ish controls. So you have... Uh- GURP is
0: in not the generic universal role-playing system, but... GURP is GURP- G- 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 in the, the climbing game. G-I-R-P climbing game. Climbing game.
2: G- G- yeah, GURP as in almost grip. Um- almost quop. <laughs> almost quop, yeah. Uh, where you, um, you have four buttons and they correspond to your limbs and whichever... Buttons are depressed; are not holding on. Will will let go of whatever they're holding on to, and your most recent, the mo- button you most recently depressed is the one you control with the left. It repre- corresponds to the limb that you uh, are controlling with the left stick. Oh my god! So <laughs> you're using this to like climb your tower of friends. When you get to the top, you pose and push a button to like freeze in place, and then the tower is. You become part of the new tower. Okay. And everybody has a certain amount of time to get to the top of the tower, or they get, they drop out of the game. It's kind of incredible.
3: <laughs> so the tower is just continually getting taller?
2: Yeah. And what happens if... So are you climbing at the same time as other people? No, you take turns. Oh, okay. So you can even use, play with one controller. Okay. And pass it around. That would be interesting. I, I don't know how that would do with... uh with simultaneous I I guess in
3: my head I just assumed that there were multiple people climbing at the same time
2: yeah I'd love to see that actually are
0: there like non-player bodies in this tower or it
2: starts out with 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 someone like in the T pose if I remember right yeah Yeah. or maybe no no it starts with a goat (laughs) you climb the goat and you become the top of the tower
3: is it just a single column of people? Well, it depends what
2: people did, so yeah, like
1: if, if a guy only gets like halfway up, oh, there's then, a timer.: Yeah yeah, there's
2: yeah. a timer. So, yeah. so
1: then you've got this.: I believe they do this magic yeah. obstacle halfway up the tower that you have to navigate around. Yeah how, yeah. Can, you,
0: how can you play this now?
2: Uh, I played it on Steam, so Is I th- it, does it have
0: online multiplayer? Can you
2: That's a good question. I don't know.
0: Did you just play it like hot seat?
2: Hot seat. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. We, we had like eight people going around.
3: Did people, was it engaging for the seven people who weren't playing at the time?
2: Uh, it was very tense. Yeah. You watch, really? you watch people like trying to work their way up and it's, they're incredibly clumsy, you know, right. Because of the control scheme. And it, it, it's, it, I was, I was engaged the whole time. I guess okay. I can't vouch for everybody.
1: The art direction is really uh, silly too, so. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, lot of uh, a lot of barely hidden penises. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Physics <laughs> yeah. driven.
2: <laughs> Physics driven. Yeah. Uh, and I played uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Four, which uh, is way better than Tony Hawk Five. Wait, what? So much better.
0: Was that post Tony Hawk Underground?
2: No, that was. Before they started giving them, na- like, names instead of numbers. So it was right after three.
0: <laughs> three but, was but the Before one, five. Three was the, the but, first one that I played and the one that I think was the best. I agree. Leading me to my theory that everybody's favorite Tony Hawk was whatever the first
2: Tony Hawk I, was. I cannot uh, invalidate your theory cause, because I agree with you. Um, because
0: you played four first?
2: I played and- three first. Oh, okay. And I liked that one best. Um, I really like the um I oh, can grind the molten bucket, Jim. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that for you. Um I really liked the uh the the run system where you're you're you have 2 minutes to do a bunch of goals. That's something I really liked that that I missed in the later Tony Hawk yeah, you games. You have like the
0: length of a short early 2000s pop punk song <laughs> right. to achieve everything <laughs> that you're going to achieve in this like absurd but Quasi grounded in reality environment. It's
2: really like take. It, it's really like taking the Mario sixty four idea and putting a skate theme on it. Man, those it, games were good. Yeah, um, four is. I we played a few levels. It's it's good, but like they tried to give it a more modern framing, and it doesn't quite hold up in terms of like. So when you're doing these runs, like for, so for example, one of the goals in the Tony Hawk game is collect the letters S-K-A-T-E. And when you're doing these two minute runs, you're, you're going for various goals and you're no- noticing all the letters and you're getting a sense of where all the letters are as you play the game. When you do this in Tony Hawk four, you go up to the guy who has the skate goal and only then do the letter skate appear and you have oh. two minutes just to do that.
0: Oh, because it's kind of quasi open world. Yeah, like it's, it creates quests in a larger environment based on what you're doing. There. Nah. Yeah, I can see why that would have seemed like a good idea, and that I could imagine a way that you could execute that that would be
2: well. And I, and I think they did later. I like, for example, my second favorite Tony Hawk game is Tony Hawk Project Eight.
3: Did that oh. actually come out? Was that the eighth game?
2: That was the eighth game. Okay. Yeah, the fifth Tony Hawk Five was the tenth game.
0: Okay, and is just terrible, right? Like yeah, it, really like, bad.
2: Really, and bad. like
0: Street Fighter Five, also like is that I didn't like, know that. Yeah, that's, like that's I've that's heard nothing bad. but terrible things about it, and like this was just, it's just what, a bad. What did e- you
3: guys think of the TV miniseries V? <laughs> <laughs> I remember
0: that was, really that was liking the one it when I was a Romans. kid.
2: Right. <laughs> I All remember, I can think of was V for Vendetta.
0: What was the Was D- Dominic? The, the main I character was Dominic so? or
3: Donovan 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 sounds better
2: cause there's a V in it
3: I think it's Dominic though uh,
0: man. and there was
2: Linda was M- <laughs> the
3: evil lady turned out D-Dominivan. to be a snake? yeah wow oh yeah fuck
2: it's...
0: well this is boring I'm gonna go get a beer
2: okay <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, I miss Tony Hawk. You miss Tony Hawk? I miss Tony Hawk. I I miss, like, in the same way that I miss rock band. It's a skill that I'm good at, and I enjoy exercising, and I wish there was an excuse to do it every year.
3: Oh, man. I was looking up V, and the problem that I was having is that there was a fucking remake of the series in 2009 and Mm -hmm. 2011. I thought you were going to say
1: that the problem was you typed the letter
3: V into Google. (laughs) 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 Right. Uh, So, like, I was looking up characters and I was like, I do not recognize any of these characters and actors. And then I was like, oh, right. They fucking rebooted it like five years ago and I forgot about that Oh, I think of V as having Mark Singer as the main character yes, oh yeah. was it yeah. he was Mike Donovan Mike uh, Donovan oh okay good job Donovick so was that uh, no it, Jane Badler was Diana who Diana was the... not Linda yeah okay you Di- know what Diana I, you
0: know what that fucking was was me always as a kid conflating Diana Ross and Linda Ronstadt even though
3: they okay. were nothing alike there was also a Lydia okay so
2: that oh. might be mm.
3: conflating issues
2: as a kid, I always conflated Tears for Fears and Depeche Mode. Oh. Mm. Yeah. And just recently I discovered why, and it was that my mom had a mixtape of Tears for Fears and Depeche Mode. Mm.
0: That's not normally what a mixtape is, just like two bands. Yeah.
2: Like a I don't. She didn't call it a mixtape. It mix was a tape. mixed single. Oh. Uh, yeah.
3: It's- As opposed to a single mixer.
1: Speaking of of remakes of TV, did you see how
3: like everyone in the world is in the new Twin Peaks? It was. A, I saw a list that had more names than I thought could actually fit in a TV show, so I was just not yeah. just
0: buying it. People talking about it on Twitter, I didn't actually see the source material. It's
3: got.
1: It apparently had Tim Roth is in it and Michael Sarah and just a ton of people that are big names that weren't in. Is the it set in series. Hollywood?
2: Like, that seems like the most likely.
3: Well, I mean, if you're doing a project like this, everybody wants to be involved.
2: And yeah, if it's yeah. a thing yeah, where you but can, you can just say have no, because five otherwise minutes? it's going to be Cameo City.
3: Well, but it, it's fine if it is, right? Is like, it? Yeah. I, I think it's I, fine. I mean, okay. What if they
0: have the guy from Cameo in it who <laughs> just pops in Cameo, to say, Word up. Power.
2: Oh, that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Also, yeah, also that big the rare fiasco the guy that launched reminds- through xbox 360 game
0: when i think of cameo the xbox 360 launch game i all i can see is a the the big brute guy from grim fandango <laughs> was there a character in cameo that looked kind of like that guy i didn't play it what was that guy's name scrotus or something <laughs> sounds right yeah uh, glottis. glottis glottis yeah yeah okay <laughs> The, the Grand Lady of the United States. That's, that's what if, – if Hillary wins, sh- sh- her title will be Glotus, Grand Lady of the United States. Whoa. Um, Glotus. It's going to be so great if Bill Clinton becomes the first – First man. First gentleman.
1: First dude.
3: First lord.
2: <laughs> I, Whoa. For
0: whatever reason, the most humanizing thing that ever happened with Barack Obama – to me was him just like joking around with bill clinton on twitter when he said something about he said something about like he like at replied the first lady's twitter account and was like asking bill like are you ready f- to be this <laughs> and i was like man like that is the first time that i ever felt like uh, someone he, who was being governed by humans but <laughs> he's,
3: that's that can't be him actually writing it right like He's got to have a team.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He tweets so infrequently that it could be, right? He could just, like, run it past. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe they just let him do it. I mean, he's, like...
1: Yeah, he's uh, the president. Who's going to stop him.
3: I feel like there's probably a lot of people.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, he's, but he's, like, he's not up for re-election, you know? Sure. It's, like, what's he going to do in his, like, last week?
2: And the Secret Service, like, won't... Like, they govern where he goes. Like, they won't let him go sure. places. Maybe there's a social media branch of the Secret Service <laughs> that just says, no, the secret Mr. social President, media. we can't allow you to do this.
3: Uh, if he's like any other presidents, he's going to pass a lot of executive orders in his last week.
0: <laughs> what do you think he'll do? Nuke Guantanamo.
3: <laughs> uh, he could. I mean, he could dissolve Guantanamo as an executive order.
0: He could legalize it.
3: <laughs> sure.
0: By it, I mean sodomy. <laughs> Just be like, all right, all you states with blue laws, come on. Come on. That's what I'll say. Come on, whatever you want. That's a good executive
2: order. Come on.
0: (laughs) Come on, Eileen, if you want, even if you're a lady. What do I care? That's what I'll say. Signed, B. Obama. (coughs) Kevin, you played a bunch of (coughs) Hearthstone. I did. You played a little bit of Hearthstone. Yeah. You played some Hearthstone. You came out of nowhere from having barely played any Hearthstone. Yes. And you heard that Hearthstone had changed their format.
3: Yes. So they have adopted a format that basically makes the the past two years of content uh, viable. So that means that all the, like, oldest expansions and stuff are no longer things that you can play with in your decks. uh, In the sort of... uh, standard default environment there's yeah there's like there's like a wild play which is all all old cards or whatever um and so i was like well you know i'll give it a try see what see what it's like uh it was a little bit weird because i was not making a new character i had made a character or made a an account i guess when um the game first came out and played for maybe a day or two and then stopped
0: yeah it really didn't grab you
3: not at all yeah yeah I think it was a combination of just feeling like I had to get a bunch of cards and spend a bunch of time learning the decks. And I was like, Ugh, God, I don't want to do any of this stuff. I just kind of wanted to play a fun random card game, like kind of like just how I used to play magic. And it was already sort of too involved, uh, even even though it, was, it felt like a simplified magic. Um, I just had less time to like devote to it. Uh, coming back to it, Uh, it, uh, it felt weird because uh, like there was stuff that was like, I was like, I already had an arena game going and I had two losses on that one. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't remember this. And I had, I guess I had played a couple of the characters a little bit, but not very much. I didn't have, I don't have any characters up to level 20 or whatever, which is what you have to do to unlock Tavern Brawl.
0: Well, if it makes you feel better, this week's Tavern Brawl is
3: terrible. Okay, good. Uh... I am playing. I'm also playing exclusively on the phone so far, which has been fine. Like it's the the games are basically okay. It's a little bit rough to like do things. I've I have like mistapped a couple times and screwed things up, um, and I've also like lost a couple games because the phone just disconnected from the server, which is aggravating. Um, but it's been it's been fine.
0: That happens to me all the time now because I very often we'll just play some hearthstone on my laptop down while well, I'm like smoking a cigar in the garage downstairs the, at the end of the night, is which is like just far enough away from the wifi router that it like often just loses connectivity. And so it's, it's aggravating like, it when you
3: are like dominating somebody yeah. and then lose like 30 seconds before you would have won. Cause that just feels like a bunch of wasted time. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what else they could do from the from the server point of view. So it's not like it's their fault. It's just annoying. Um, yeah, like I, trying to construct a deck on a phone is awful. Yeah, I have never even
0: tried it. I don't, I
3: don't want to do that at all.
0: I, I was telling you at dinner, like, I feel like playing Hearthstone, the best play experience is probably on the iPad. Mm-hmm. And the best deck building experiences on the computer well you know honestly playing it on a computer with a mouse is fine it's not great on a trackpad the ipad is definitely superior to a trackpad okay because you just never fuck up and hit the wrong thing you know right it's like it their commitment to everything in that game being achievable on a touch screen even though it was like it didn't even come out on the iPad for like a year after it came out is really like Smart. a remarkably restrained thing. Like there's never a point where you need to click on more than one thing at a time. <laughs> clicking on more than one thing at a time <laughs> is not a thing you can do on any interface, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like I mean, actually clicking on more than one thing at a time is the thing you'd only do on a touch screen, <laughs> but like
3: the middle button bifurcates the pointer. <laughs> You have to drag them around separately. <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
0: <laughs> yes, right and left. You just left have to become mouse the two wheel mouse to just pointers. alternate between the different cursors that you have, <laughs> and then oh god, yes, god. god uh, let's make that game. Oh no, <laughs> no, seriously. Like it could be the simplest game, and all it is is you like splitting your mouse cursor into like different, different cursors pieces. at different places, and then moving like to the mode where you're controlling. Like this seems like a Sure. This just seems like a gimme, like super simple, like just flash, like maze navigation game or
3: something. Sure, it, yeah. I just anyway. I, like the the idea of actually playing it like makes me cringe. So it like. is
0: weird. It's it's weird to talk to you about coming back to Hearthstone after like spending no t- like because it is just a part of my life huh. at this point. Like I would say the average day of the last two years, I have. I probably played 3.5 games of Hearthstone. Okay. Like, I just play a shitload of it and have since it came out. So, just for reference, like, how many minutes is that? I mean, a game is...
3: Five to ten minutes. Five to ten
0: minutes. Yeah. Okay. It's not... It is not a lot of time.
3: So, it's like, yeah, 15 to fifteen to 30 minutes a day, probably. Yeah, okay.
0: I guess that's a lot of time when you... you, I mean, you aggregate it. <laughs> aggregate it over years,
2: but... Uh, as hobbies go, that's not a lot of time. Yeah.
3: I So another thing that I think is going to work in my favor is because I have missed so much stuff, uh, I do not feel compelled to collect everything, which I feel like if I had started from the beginning and gotten into it, I think I would have felt really shitty if I missed a card back because I didn't get to rank 20 that month or something.
0: There is not a lot to collect. Like, to their credit, they don't incentivize playing... Even as much as I do.
3: like Well, if they do daily quests.
0: They have daily quests, which are n- never... Like, the most that one of those can require of you is to win five games as a class. Okay. Right? So, typically, they're like, win two games as one of these two classes. And so, that's like... You can do that. You know? And once you've done your daily quest, there's not... You get gold at a real trickle as it's you like just win a normal game, games. 10 gold every three. It used to be you got, I think, one gold per match that you won. Okay. In the very, very beginning, like in the beta. And people were just like, what the fuck? When things to cost win 100 gold. games. Yeah. yeah, the cheapest thing you could buy, the only thing you can buy, well, you can buy an arena pass for 150 gold or one pack of cards for 100 gold. You have to play 100 games. But now you get 10 gold for every 3 matches. So you have to play 30 games to get a pack and you
3: So if you if you just go to the arena and lose 3 games, you get a pack of cards. You always get a pack of cards in in your arena rewards. Uh but you're you also have a chance of winning some extra cards and some a bunch of gold, extra gold, some dust, like gold card, like yeah, there's So it seems like a lot of incentive to just buy arena matches instead of Packs. If you lose, it's worse than buying
0: packs. Like if you sure. don't win if you win three games before you lose three games, you're better off. Like mathematically, I think that's just how they've balanced it. Okay. I often don't. I'm really bad at arena.
3: Okay. Have you ever I, run a have you ever had a 12 arena no. streak?
0: I, I think the best I've ever done is like five or okay. six. Like, it's I I'm really bad at it. I wish that there was a more robust like limited environment like I feel like weirdly even though I've played less magic I think than I have Hearthstone at this point like I feel pretty confident in my ability to play draft magic because it is there's just more going on than there is in draft
3: Hearthstone Because arena is their draft kind of yeah
0: and it's just so like here's three cards pick one but, like, you don't, you don't, like, get it coming around to you again. You okay. don't Like, you're really? like, well, all right, I've got this thing that if I get a bunch of pirates, this card will be awesome. But maybe it will never show me a pirate again. And, like, in a magic draft, you can be pretty sure that's not going to happen. Like, if this set has a lot of pirates in it, it's going to have a lot of pirates at con. Yeah, yeah. And so some pirates are going to get back around to you. So if there's, like, one, like, keystone card that you feel like oh i could draft her like they design sets to be drafted and hearthstone is not like that at all
3: do you think that that will change with their new
0: i i don't know i mean i like up. i i used to really like arena and i got kind of burned out on it and just stopped more or less completely but i my 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 point earlier was that they don't they're for your like collector's instinct thing there's not
3: much the cardbacks is the thing that I'm thinking of, right? Because like that's the thing where they're not gonna bring the old ones back.
1: Yeah, and, and it's just I've a... just
3: missed a bunch, so it's fine. It's just such a weird cosmetic thing. And like you can't Oh, there's a lot of cosmetic you, stuff. Like you, I looked they're... in their shop and like you can spend ten dollars to get a cosmetic character change, mm-hmm. which seems so superfluous. Yeah, it, it is.
0: I got one of them by leveling a character to twenty in World of Warcraft, which I didn't really I don't think I actually talked about that much. Mm-hmm. Um and I got one by there was a thing where you could like donate $5 to some charity and huh. you would get this new skin for one of the classes. But yeah, that's the card backs. It's weird. Like the card backs would be important to you because they're free, even though they are just as cosmetic as these things that you would obviously never do because they were $10. Right. Like it's, uh, yeah, they're not important.
3: It's psychology. Yeah. And again, yeah, they and they're not they're not important at all. Uh, so I I don't know I haven't I have not yet really dived into it in terms of like constructing my own deck. I took uh, I took the basic warlock deck that I guess I already had or something, and uh, added like subbed out a couple cards. That, there were like cards in there that were just just plainly weaker than other cards. Like um, there was a I want to say a. F- two or four summoning cost card that that was like a two three creature yeah, it's a two summoning card that was a two three creature and there's a version that's an, exactly the same thing that's a two summoning cost two three creature but this one has like also gives Kathan plus two plus two mm-hmm. right and so i was like well why would i if i was going to have Kathan in my deck why wouldn't i just have that one instead and it's so like I subbed out a couple of things like that that were just like, well, clearly so they superior exist at different
0: rarities.
3: Right. It's, okay, I, mean, I don't yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. I don't know anything about and how that, this is balanced and I mean at all.
0: You know, Mark Rosewater talks about this a lot. Like you have to have some cards that are just bad so that you have some decisions to make as a player as you're learning to play. Right. Right. You're like recognizing, oh, this is the same thing as this other thing, only slightly worse is like part of the joy of getting better right. at a thing. Right. And like everyone, like the one that's just the two mana for a two three, everyone just has that. Right. They didn't have to like get lucky and open a pack to do it. And it's like, if you're not playing Cthune in a, in a deck, like the, it's not is better. Right. Right. So it's, They also nerfed a bunch of that because, like, the original set of cards are always in the standard rotation. They weakened a bunch of the cards that were, like, just in every deck.
3: And also a couple that were, like, uh, that nobody actually used, but they felt were, like, limiting their design space, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, the one that, like, gave stealth to a minion now only gives stealth for one turn or whatever. Yeah,
3: which I'm curious why they thought that was going to be a... A valuable
0: one. Yeah, there's enough ways to get around stealth that I wouldn't have thought it would be that critical. But
3: something that I also feel oh, difficulty as a new player is uh, the hidden cards, the secrets. Yeah, just no idea what what the, I have no idea what that possibility space is. Yeah, and so I'm like. Pfft. I guess I'm just going to ignore this. And
0: there are few enough that it's you'll just memorize all of them if you right. play enough. Well, that's and that's and the thing, so you'll like, just know, like, well, okay, what are the odds that this <clears throat> is the one that does two damage to everybody when I attack, versus the one that summons some snakes if I attack a minion, versus the one that the weird one that just does five damage to a random minion whenever I attack or something
3: like. I uh, I found that I every now and then I forget to attack with some of my minions before mm. I end my turn and i've also that, seen
0: they do that big green highlighting they yeah they do and it's i it's just me like not paying attention see that's what the oops emote is for they replace the sorry emote with a wow emote okay i what i want is an emote that's like fuck
3: <laughs> like with your opponent just did something massive and or, like,
0: or like you took a gamble and it just failed oh, to okay. pay off really spectacularly because of the random number generator or something like the ability to just say ah god damn it
3: so <laughs> like there are games there have been games that i've had where like it was just just through whatever like i had terrible card draw or whatever and it was just like uh, just everything went badly and those feel really bad uh and i've had games where i've just drawn everything but like in the best order and just creamed other people and those feel okay but kind of cheesy and like my favorite game was a game that i did today where it was i was playing my warlock deck and i was playing against another warlock and got down to where he had one hit point and i had three and like i played my kathun and like random chance decided whether or not he was going to die uh Oh, sorry. I played in before he got down to one hit point. Um, but like, like he had a couple of creatures out, and I played Mechathon, and he only had seven hit points. So it could have been over at that point because it was just a random uh, distribution of of damage at that point. And like, <clears throat> that was actually really satisfying. Yeah, because it was it was a bunch of skillful play to get down to the very end game, and then it was kind of like who can draw the best card or whatever. And like that, that felt really good. It felt like okay, well, we were equally matched, and I totally feel like that was that was a like good solid experience um and maybe the shitty card draw is just a thing that i need to figure out how to play with it also just happens right i mean it happens in magic like
0: some games of magic are just really unsatisfying because one or the other of you gets mana screwed and like either way it sucks like if you beat somebody because they get really unlucky like that doesn't make you feel good right you know you win which is partly what you want but mostly what you want is to have fun you know, right. to have the fellowship of some other like fat ponytailed nerds,
3: <laughs> which I feel like what I, what I'm wanting is to get to the point where I can eventually play the tavern brawl where it's like, oh, I'll just random creatures or whatever. Right. Oh yeah. Like, cause it's, that's, that is what I'm super the looking forward to. tavern brawls are to. so
0: fun when they, when they don't require you to build a deck yeah. when it's just like, ah, oh, let's just see what happens. Like I'll just get to play with a bunch of cards that I would not ordinarily see. Yeah.
3: Like I, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit, um,
0: I mean the current one is fun because it's just the one where it's like ah oh, just random like you pick a class and it's just random cards for that class. So the games oh, are wow. very badly paced because they don't really curve them out. Like
3: every time you play, it's a different random yeah, deck. Oh yeah. wow, okay. But like not having to build a deck is also kind of satisfying. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna have to install the game on the on my PC to like
0: to to actually really make decks do anything.
3: Yeah, which is fine. Um, it's a, it's kind of weird because like it, it's a, the app on the phone is like a gigabyte there's over a gigabyte. And then I'm going to have so, and then that, that lives on the computer because it keeps a copy of all your phone apps. And then I'm also going to have to install it on the computer. I'm like, well, wow, how many gigabytes is this game going to take in uh, in total? Still not that many gigabytes. Uh, well, not from, I, I still think of a gig as a lot
2: of space. I don't, I I've got old-fashioned values. Yeah, the English think of
0: 100 miles as a long distance, and Americans think of a gig as a long space.
2: <laughs> my phone tells me I might not receive SMS messages when I have only half a gig left. Wow. My my mom
3: has, has been calling me about the fact that, like, it says that it can't receive her, can't download her emails because she's out of space. And she has to, like, unload some apps. And I'm like, Mom, you should not be running out of space because of email. <laughs> like... Uh-huh. I need to do, I need to do some customer. And like, I have no way to provide customer service to her about this phone that I don't know anything about. So it's, it's been a rough, it's been a rough couple of weeks. It's some weird Android thing? It's some weird Android phone, it's yeah. A weird Android thing. Ugh. Yep. Mm. Yeah. And she keeps going back to the Verizon store and I feel like they just keep screwing her over. She, they're like, oh, buy this like, you know, memory card and that will solve all your problems. And then like it filled up and you know, two weeks later I'm like. Somebody is, somebody is not doing the right thing, and I don't know if it's the store clerk or if it's mom taking, like, half-hour-long videos of her dog <laughs> without knowing it or what. But, yeah.
0: Well, do we want to talk about this assignment? Steven's sausage roll? Oh, yeah. Yes. I think we should. I love it. I figured you would. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this seemed like a game right up, right up your alley, Kevin. I I liked it. it. it is. I didn't. I didn't get very far. <laughs> it made me feel like a real dummy. Granted, yeah. I only played like two sessions. I'm sure if I kept plucking at it, I'd I'd get better at it and get through it eventually. But I don't know. Yeah. It, it's 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 a it's a struggle.
0: It's very 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 difficult. I can understand why people are convinced that this is like a. Sort of the work of Dark Souls, of a work, yeah, okay, of, Dark a work Souls of genius. Of games. Like, because I, it is incredibly simple in its rule set, but like the absolute pinnacle of its expression.
2: Yeah, yeah, it really is. I actually do think the Dark Souls comparison is apt in that playing this game feels like edifying work. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Like, I, I...
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's totally fair. <laughs> it hasn't pulled anything bullshit on me.
0: Nothing about this game cares whether I'm having a good time with it or not. <laughs> like, that, is right. the, that is the, the Dark Souls... Fair but uncaring. I So, I mean, I put maybe four hours into it and solved eight or nine puzzles. Like, I did not get to the second island. And I do... I wish that you did not have to solve all of the puzzles to to sort of unlock a new category of yeah. things.
3: It, I think I it get- really wants you to have all of the basic verbs down before it unlocks the next set of verbs for you, basically. Like, the rules never change. the The world is consistent from the very first level, but, like, they don't present you with situations where you can access all of the things that you can do until later.
2: What's an example of a thing you can do later? Like uh, So this is these are s- this is potentially spoilers. Sure.
3: Spearing a sausage.
2: Yes. Yeah, so like so
3: the okay. second world allows you like there are now walls that you can roll okay. a sausage into, and instead okay. of the sausage rolling, you now spear the sausage. Oh. Which
0: you just couldn't do in the first world because there are no walls. Right. Not because yeah. not because that rule didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, also, picking up the sausage on your head is a thing you can do in levels with ladders yep. if you can get okay. the sausage above a ladder and then climb up the ladder. Yep. And then you can rotate it as you rotate.
2: It,
3: you can. I mean, the, yeah, I don't know if you want to you keep going down the
2: list. There's a, there, like, oh, that's, there's a lot. That's, that's enough. That's informa- okay. the information I wanted.
3: Yeah. It, and, like, it just it, it just keeps, like, every set of of levels like keeps adding a couple of new things stuff and you start doing things that were like that would have been putting the game in an unwinnable state before on purpose because that's now a way to solve a level right and uh, God, and then just the very end of the fifth world is so satisfying uh, I can't like I just it, like that was the moment that I was like okay now I understand why this is so good Right, like everything has been like good and consistent and like well designed up to this point, but like incorporating something that has been f- there from the very beginning of the game as like a fundamental puzzle element, just just I like my my jaw just sort of drops, and I'm like, ah, oh, okay, ah, wow. oh. yeah, and then yeah, and then there's a plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a plot. There's a plot. Yep,
0: <laughs> I had a am sure this is old news for a lot of our listeners, but I, I was down having a cigar in my garage, like I like I do at night, and I was like, oh, I should install St- Stephen. I haven't solved any puzzles yet, so I should install Stephen Stasavage, John Stossel's role on my laptop that I have down here with me, uh, so that I can just play it here, and then I'll just play it on my laptop from from then on. And when I ran Steam on my laptop and I clicked on Steven Sausage Roll, the button did not say install. It said stream. Mm. And when I hit it, it just ran it on my desktop machine upstairs and streamed the video to my laptop. So I was just instantly playing it at full res with like perfect fidelity and frame rate and just you didn't over the do line.
3: anything Nothing. to make that happen nope
0: just i had steam on both of those computers and it just worked and it was amazing
2: wow that's rad do, do you think it's just looking like at the ip address that's on the same network yeah we're just
0: on the same network right so i think it yeah. just like that's just a thing that steam does for like the steam box and whatever else right yeah
2: that's neat that's super cool
0: yeah it it made it it made a lot of things seem plausible that didn't seem plausible before, like playing non Mac games on your Mac
2: or, or chemtrails, oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> right? That's <laughs> like
3: great, actually.
0: Yeah, I have. I don't. I mean, I guess there must be a Mac version of Stephen. There
3: Sonsignal, is, but but, but like there are a bunch of games that I don't play regularly because they are on a PC, and if I could just buy like even a headless dumb PC with a good graphics card or something.
2: That might be a really good idea, actually. Yeah. Did did a steam did the Steambox ever happen? Yeah, I think so and nobody cares. There's a couple of like versions of it that are yeah. out, I think. Okay. Um
3: so Steven Sauce's role is the only puzzle game like this that I have ever played where like I I spent like maybe an hour on a puzzle, could not solve it, and just like put it down, walked away, and then like th- just like sat down and thought about it for like a couple hours and just sort of played through different scenarios in my head and was like oh okay now i get it and then i went back to the game and like that was the answer and like
2: so you had like you had you had the whole map in your head
3: yeah it was not it was not a very complicated level and i had tried a bunch of different things and actually learned a lot about the future possibility space. Like there were, there were places that I could do things that weren't the right way to solve the level, but that yeah. like interacted with new mechanics. And I was like, and because that possibility space was there, I kept trying a bunch of things thinking, Oh, well maybe it's a new thing that I just don't know yet. And going down these roads that were just wrong.
2: Yeah. And just not actually
0: described this game, and I don't know that we want to uh, like actually articulate the rules of it. It's just a complicated, it's Sokoban with a complicated moveset.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the, so one of a, the major things that distinguishes it from Sokoban is that things can be multiple tiles in size. Right. So
3: Sokoban is a, is, is a tile based game where you, you're a single tile character, uh, moving single tile size boulders trying to get from an entrance to an exit usually and
2: it's or you're placing the boulders in certain places yeah
3: exactly and in this one you are there's it's like you're a one by two character because it's you holding like a sort of fork and you are pushing one by two sausages around that roll along their sort of short axis and slide along their long axis um, which becomes important because you have to cook them on both sides on all four but, quadrants. But not cook them more than once.
1: Yeah. On- yeah. yeah. And once the way
0: that end. you cook them is some of the tiles are grills, which will cook sausages that roll onto them. You can move onto them, but not stay Tem- on Temporarily,
3: them. and you, yeah. you immediately get pushed back.
2: But because you, you have a thing, in, you, have, you have a fork in front of you. And the sausage doesn't care how long it stays on the grill. Correct. Just whether
3: it passes over it a second time.
2: Right. Yeah
3: yep it's so good
0: <laughs> yeah i i it's not necessarily a game for me but i understand like it is also it remains in my mind like such a ballsy move to have charged 30 dollars for this game
3: having I, I played it as 12 or 15 hours at this point and like yeah, it's no, it, totally worth it i
2: don't i feel like it being so nichey like kind of demands that it be expensive because this isn't, this is not a game that's ever going to go mainstream.
3: So the witness, like same strategy, slightly larger audience, but, yeah. but the same idea, right? Like it's, it's, it's a game that's only going to have an appeal to a limited subset. So you might as well charge a premium for it, especially up front. Like, it, I don't think it had a launch sale. I think it was just straight up 40 bucks or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this
0: game looks like garbage
2: I actually really like the aesthetic Yeah, I figured you would <laughs> I really enjoy it
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree
2: But it does look like garbage Right So I think that's fair
3: It is not as abstract as some of Stephen LeVille's other games
2: Have you played uh, English Country Tune? I have not okay, I was wondering if someone could speak to that
0: it is another puzzle game like this yeah. by him,
2: right? I'd, he- I'd heard that, yes, specifically that that it's similar.
3: That came out, I think, at the same time as uh, I want to say Orpheus, but that's not right. It's uh, the one where you're sort of wandering around the the landscape and the music changes. Oh, uh, Proteus? Proteus. Proteus. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I conflate the two of those sometimes in my head.
0: I conflate English country tune with Sir You Are Being hunted," <laughs> Okay. Because it's about an English countryside.
2: Sure.
3: Well, what is our assignment? Oh, uh,
0: we are going to do our first Patreon backer. Uh, first of all, I would like to... Actually, I'd like to say two things that I was going to say at the beginning, but I got caught up talking about my cat. Uh, this episode of video games hot dog like all episodes of video games hot dog is brought to you by our our generous patreon supporters um continuing to be amazing continuing to increase in number and increase in coolness on our cool 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 slack uh you know what is categorically not brought to us by is fucking squarespace and i will tell you why (laughs) my girlfriend signed up for a spare a spare squase account that was her first mistake right (laughs) She signed up for a Squarespace account for a, for a like forthcoming project and so it was under a fictitious name. We get I would say on average 2 to 3 pieces of junk mail per day to the name of this fictitious project that could therefore only have come from Squarespace just selling the fuck Wow! So if you do want to go and support a, another podcast by signing up for a Squarespace account with the offer code thumbs or whatever, <sighs> do not give them your real fucking address, huh? Man, what a disaster! Anyway, this next assignment is uh, is a suggestion from uh, Patreon backer Larry Fine. Who, uh, boy, do, boy, do we like ourselves a Larry Fine? Yeah, he's just 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 such a good dude, cool guy. Um, I agree. And uh, he's, he suggests that we play Akron, A-C-H-R-O-N, which I remember reading about. It is that uh, time travel RTS game oh, where yeah. you can, like, make troops and send them back in time. And, like, in addition to your, like, normal RTS screen, you've also got a timeline that you can wiggle back and forth.
3: And there's, like, weird time waves that sort of, like, sync things up. Yeah, more. like
0: causality waves that ripple across and make your...
3: Does that mean we have to play against each other?
0: We should try. I mean I think there's got to be a single player
2: maybe campaign I'm not or, yeah. convinced that there's a single player campaign I- oh I, th-
0: I think I read that there is okay and this All game right. came out in like 2011. I remember hearing about it before that um but you know there there will as always be a link to it in the assignment thing but um thanks Larry and you know another benefit that you get for being a patreon backer is that we're gonna have a picnic with you next weekend uh, <laughs> every single one of you not, not really. Just Larry, because we're actually friends with Larry, <laughs> and he's going to be in town, so we're going to go have a picnic with him. You want to come have a picnic with Larry Fine? Uh, when? Next Saturday.
2: Uh, not this Saturday.
0: Not this Saturday, but the next one.
2: Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. All
0: right, Dolores Park. All right, gonna do it. Any listeners who want to come to Dolores Park and see Larry, just look around until you see somebody who looks like they'd be named Larry.
3: <laughs> it
0: can't be that hard. And then uh, ask them if it's a if it's a guy with dreads selling. Uh, hollowed out coconuts. You don't have to hollow out a coconut; it's already hollow, <laughs> filled with rum. <laughs> then you uh, found the right guy. <laughs> that's not Larry, but that guy's cool, and you should have one of his rum coconuts. Actually, you shouldn't; they're gross.
3: Um, <laughs> did you Did you buy a rum coconut? From no,
0: somewhere? somebody's like one of Amelia's friends did, and like then was like, "Oh God, somebody else, please help me drink this," and so it got passed around and like warm rum through a straw. Gross, yeah. Anyway, that guy's always there. <laughs> um, there was also a cool dancing robot uh, who eventually got arrested. So uh, I don't know. Oh, the, All head, the what
1: uprising! That. That's how it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, it was like a guy in like a like a cardboard with tinfoil robot. Costume and he was dancing. Do you look like a
3: police robot? Because that's mm. that's against the law to impersonate a police robot.
0: <laughs> you know, if you ever ask a cop what his favorite movie is, he has to tell you otherwise it's entrapment starring Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> hey, that that joke was made up by Aaron Burke from the Mini Bosses. It's a good joke. It was a pretty good joke. Uh, guys, I have had a fantastic time recording episode number two hundred and thirty-nine of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. But if you don't, we don't know you shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good night,
3: everybody. Nice surprise a great day, everybody. every time.
2: D. It's it's good. It's good. It's Good. I'm happy about this. Yeah,
3: Every week.
0: Smashing through brick walls really uh that's, okay no that's a different guy isn't it oh it's, uh oh yeah that's you're right. kool-aid that's kool-aid man yeah. is, he, is he not full of hawaiian, like, punch? hawaiian punch was just a white dude who was an asshole
3: <laughs> he would just like sneak up on people Wait, and punch was them. there a person yeah hawaiian? there's yeah. a man
0: there's like a just a,
3: oh weird he had hair that was
1: maybe actually a straw hat i'm never sure